Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. We're with Mark Tower today. Welcome. Dan, long time, man. Great to be with you again. Yeah, it's always great to see old clients come back. And Mark, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what you do? All right. I started my company in January of 1985. Um, back then, nobody seemed to be focused on my market uh, in a marketing kind of way. I help companies with the marketing to the federal government. And, uh, you know, even the ad agencies back then weren't specialists in this. So I just decided to park my butt right there and uh, start the company. And 35 plus years later, I'm still doing it. Well, you're known as the man in your industry, that's for sure. How did you get there? I mean, were you the first in the in the marketplace or was it the book that placed you there? Tell us about that. Uh, the, the, the book didn't come for actually quite a while after. I did start writing uh, articles for trade pubs and, and things like that. And I, it was weird because at, at one of the events where I spoke, the uh, uh, DMB, Chuck Tannen's Direct Marketing to Business back in the early 90s, <clears throat> I, I give presentations where you get stuff you can use right away. So this one woman asked me, and she said, where's your book? And I said, I don't have a book. And she said, you gave me more information in the past hour than most books give me, period. So, you know, the, the seed was planted, and I, I knew I had to. Uh, I just wasn't sure how to. Well, how did you do it? Can you think back um, to those early days? I know you're a pro, and you've written several other books since then. But as a beginning yeah. writer, what kind of struggles did you have? I, I wasn't sure, you know, what to put in it, what not to put in it. So ultimately what I ended up doing was recording my three and a half hour workshop, Government Marketing Best Practices, and uh, that became the basis for the book. You know, once it was recorded, I had it transcribed, I edited it, had it edited by somebody who could actually really edit stuff. And then I went the self-publishing route. And I was very fortunate uh, as a self-published author. I sold 9,000 copies. Great, great. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad at all. Um, what did you learn about the process of turning a seminar into a book with transcription? Give us some hints about that. The, we all think we know when we put stuff down or when we're speaking live, we know what we're saying. We know what we're trying to get across, but that doesn't always convey. So the editing process is probably the most important when you're writing to make sure that things are succinct, they're clear, and they say precisely what you want them to say. So when I'm writing, you know, if I'm just jotting out a quick, uh, uh, post on LinkedIn or something, I'll read it two or three times, then I'll read it out loud, and I won't have somebody edit it. If I'm writing something longer, 
my daughter has two degrees in English. She has no concept really of, of my business. I mean, she knows what I do, but she doesn't understand the jargon, but I'll give it to her for clarity purposes. And she cleans my stuff up and makes it hum. So that, that process of having that uh, second set of eyes, you, I, I actually call it adult supervision uh, because that, that's what it is. You know what you want to say, but is it really being conveyed properly? Get that second set of eyes out there, even a third if you can, if you can swing it. Um, you know, I did a book with Wiley um, almost 10 years ago now. And boy, the editing process was forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually in the process now of working with a client. He did a one-hour seminar um, webinar and got it transcribed. And you're right, there's a lot that can be added, a lot that was repeated, a lot that wasn't as clear as it could have been, and some things that were absolutely perfect. And uh, then he did it again. Uh, to a different audience, and there were slightly different anecdotes, slightly different stories, so you put them in as well. And it was like, okay, um, this story was told better the second time than the first time. So there were little details that, that made it better. Um, so it takes a good editor to to see how to mesh everything. So I'm glad that you have a person in-house, in-family, who can do it for you, because... <laughs> yeah. You, you, you said something really important there, though. You know, a lot of people think that when they're writing, they're just conveying facts or statistics or whatever. That story factor is extremely important to help people understand how things are implemented, how they're done to illustrate really what's going on with a particular concept. So, um, so I, you know, stories Big, big, big part. How do you tell your stories? Do you have any tips for that? Um, you know, I, I, I've been a market observer for 35 years. So I have, uh, you know, kind of anecdotes for all things. <laughs> I keep notes on those. Uh, anywhere I go, my moleskin goes with me. So I'm constantly making notes of, of things that are going on. Uh, I make notes, particularly if, if if people are saying thing in a particular way that resonates, or if in my tiny brain uh, the the perfect phrase pops up. I mean, how long have you been writing, Dan? Like forever? Oh, uh, um, long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you know when that perfect phrase pops into your head, you've got to get it down right away, or it escapes. Yeah, I, I hate I, when that happens. Well, I even have a notepad by the side of my bed, and uh, I would write little notes at 3 in the morning when I'd wake up, and then I'd wake up at, at 7 in the morning and look at the notes and just be a big scribble. So, <laughs> yeah. so now I've learned. If, if, been, I get a good idea, there. if I get a good idea, I'll actually turn the light on and write. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn the light off and try to go back to sleep. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I have my, my good notes in the morning. So, yeah. so you've written a number of books. Tell us how you use the books in your marketing. Um, I have found that uh, unless you are, um, you know, David Meerman Scott or Anne Handley or somebody at that particular level, books are not going to be a profit center for most business authors. Mm -hmm. What they are, though, is the best door opener and business card you could ever have if you produce something worthwhile. 
So you don't have to be a bestseller to, um, you know, to reap the benefits of it. Uh, you know, there's nothing like walking into somebody's office and seeing one or more of your books on their shelf. Mm-hmm. Okay, your credibility is established, and and that's key. You know, if you want to be a thought leader, you want to be a subject matter expert, you want to be recognized in a particular field, you've got to write, you've got to speak, and sooner or later you have to think about generating a book. And and the process is intimidating to a lot, but I know you help people you know, grasp it in a way that, that makes it real, makes it palpable. Um, that's important. Exactly. Um, I tell people that no one wants to read the entire encyclopedia about a topic. So that's one of the big problems that people have. They think they have to know everything about everything. Well, your readers don't want to read everything about everything. They want to know that you can help them solve a problem. So if you position a book that shows that you're the, thought leader who can take them from mess to success because you've done it before with other clients exactly like them, then you're likely to pick up some clients along the way. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you've written more than one book. Why not rest on your laurels? Why not just use one book for the rest of your career? Why did you write a second book and a third book? And uh, I don't even know how many books you have now. Um, Well, seven. Um, but, But only two of them deal directly with my business. One was actually the result of a speech that I gave back in 2005, um, why epiphanies never occur to couch potatoes. (laughs) And uh, a couple of my advisors were there when I get, it was a lunch talk, right? 20, 25 minutes. And uh, two, two of my advisors are in the audience and they both came up after and said, this has to be your next book. And I'm, I'm thinking, it's going to be a pretty damn short book if it's mm-hmm. a 25-minute speech. Uh, and it was a relatively short book, but it, it, it was a worthwhile process. It sold pretty well. Um, again, self-published. Um, but um, I, 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 am, I, I write all the time. I am a columnist in uh, a publication called Washington Technology. So I produce, you know, 600-word column uh, once a month there. I have a newsletter that goes out pretty much every week. That's another six, eight hundred words. I post on LinkedIn. I post on my blog. I do occasional articles for other people. So I'm writing uh, uh, frequently. I write to make sure that I understand my thought process. So I'm, I'm pretty much compelled. I, I, I speak maybe 20, 25 times a year at industry events, but I, you know, I all, I don't record when I speak, which is a mistake. Um, but write, writing lets me get things out in front of me before I put it out in front of the public, but I'm observing things. I'm sharing things. So the, the article or the post may be a story. It may be a concept. It may be, uh, you know, um, maybe tips on using LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I probably write just about every day. That's great. That's a great habit to get into. Um, I'm, I'm sure people are listening and amazed that you can find so much content to write about. A lot of my prospects and clients say, you know, I'm stumped. What can I write about? I'm out of ideas. What do you say to people who 
come to you with those kinds of thoughts? Where do you get your ideas from? I, I get my ideas from from the people who come to me. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'm a consultant. I'm a market observer. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I have. Uh, do you use Google Alerts? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So uh, I have 20 plus topics that I I track through Google Alerts. Uh, I get newsletters from multiple sources. Uh, including places like Marketing Profs, which I think is a quite good source. Um, so there's always something out there that that's you know tricking trib- uh, tripping something in my mind to to make me say, you know, this works in a lot of different places. Can it work in government contracting? This is a different market. So a lot of the things people do in consumer marketing or even in B2B marketing, won't work here. Um, so I'm always looking for, for venues, for tactics uh, that, that are different, that have applicability in, in this market. And if I think they're viable, I'll start writing about them. I'll send the articles to my friends who are you know, CMOs at, at various companies and you know, look for their feedback. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, a lot of my prospects and clients, they say they either don't know what to write about or they were there. I mean, they may have ideas, but they're, they're saying, you know, I have so many ideas. I don't know what to put into the book and what to leave out of the book. Do you ever have that what? issue? Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I go back to, to my daughter. I like things to be se- uh, sequential. And oftentimes I think they are. And she'll say, why is this here? Um, or shouldn't it be at the end? Shouldn't it be at the beginning? Or shouldn't it be just somewhere else completely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 editing process helps. But you know, when when you come up with the idea for a book, if it's a broad, overarching book, uh, the one I did for Wiley was was that kind of book, selling to the government. So I had to cover a lot of different topics. My first book, Government Marketing Best Practices, was just about marketing to the government, a field that I'm much more comfortable in. Um, so normally I'm, I'm writing about uh, uh, tactical issues. Um, I'm looking at what other people have done and writing, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, if it's bad and ugly, I won't name the perpetrator. <laughs> but if but if it's good or great, I love to name the uh, the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that can open doors. Sure. What else do you do in terms of marketing to get clients as a result of using your books? Um, <clears throat> you know, I uh, for for selling to the government, the one I did with Wiley, I always have a case on hand. So if I'm visiting somebody new. Again, it's it's that door opener. It's that ultimate leave behind. You can leave behind your collateral material. It'll be tossed. You can leave behind your business card. It may be tossed. If you leave a book, they aren't going to toss it. Great idea. Um, what inspires you to write a new book? I know you have all this content you're writing every week. When do you say, you know... This actually would be a book. People would need to know all about this. How does that oh, enter your thought process? 
Um, I, I have currently uh, three concepts for books, all of which are, are subset. So I, I, you know, there's what, a hundred books on LinkedIn out there, but there's not a book for LinkedIn for government contracting. Mm. So, so that's on the horizon. So narrow it down to the field in which you work uh, rather than, you know, try to do something for the universe. Thought leadership is huge in the government market. Developing that subject matter expert platform, that's another concept that I have. I probably already have about 30,000 words on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's got a good start. And it may only go to 50,000. I'm only writing as long. It, it, it's going to be as long as it needs to be, but not longer just to hit a word count. So the other one is, uh, um, you know, kind of the, 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 the differentiation, but that, that, again, that ties back into the, uh, the, the thought leadership. You have to differentiate if you want to be a thought leader. Um, you know, Jack Trout and Al Reese were talking about that, uh, back in the eighties and nineties. So, um, you know, it's not new, but doing it right is not as easy as a lot of people think. Well, I, very good point. How do you do it right? And what have you seen people do wrong? Um, you know, when, when you, when you claim an area of expertise without measuring the competition. So I, I, I start with, you know, what do you do best? Uh, is it going to make you money? Um, do you like that area? I mean, you have to have some enthusiasm for your topic if you're going to pursue it seriously. If, if you have limited enthusiasm for it, that's going to show and it's going to reflect in your work. So you got to have, you got to have focus. You have to have enthusiasm and you have to know who the competitors are. Once you know who the competitors are, you can start seeing what they write, you know, where they speak, uh, and, and how they're positioning themselves. So every market niche morphs. So can you develop a subset? Is there a part of this that they don't cover or don't cover well? Um, th- those are the areas where I like to start with not just with, with my clients, but I have to do it with myself. So, you know, I, I was the first marketing consultant in, in government contracting. There are now a lot. <laughs> and, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are people that I've mentored. Um, and a lot of them are really, really good. Uh, there's some that aren't. But, you know, how do I keep differentiating? Well, I produce more content than, than anybody else right now. Um, so that helps. Uh, I have more venues than most because I also have a weekly radio show here in D.C. on the radio station that serves the federal market. And I've had that for 14 years now. Um, And they asked me to come in to start the show because they didn't have a show that faced the contracting community. Hmm. the, The station prior to my entrance was exclusively information for government employees. Cool. Uh, you mentioned that you self-published. You've also published with Wiley. So have I, mm-hmm. Wiley and self-published. Why did you decide to self-publish or why do you decide to go with Wiley? What is the differentiating factors for you to make that decision? 
Well, Wiley actually approached me. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know David Meerman, Scott? Sure. Yeah. So David's a friend of mine. He's been on my show several times. He's the one uh, whose first edition of New Rules mm-hmm. got me thinking about how to apply all those things in the government market. And that's 07. Um, so we've been friends for a while. He was in a meeting with their editorial people and somebody brought up the concept, you know, Wiley should do a government book. And David said, Oh, if you're going to do a government <laughs> book, use Amtower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's good to have he, friends. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, especially best selling friends. Yeah. Definitely. So, so I, I did a book with them, uh, and you know, got a decent advance. Um, but I doubt if I'd go that way again, because the process is is really too long to go. I mean, you've been through that process. Yeah. Uh, it, it's over a year. And, you know, by that time, there's stuff in that book I want to edit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't. So, you know, next time out, I'm probably going to go the the Amazon ebook route. And if people want a hard copy, Amazon will print them on. Right. Um, so... But but then I have the problem of who am I going to get to edit this stuff? So I've I've my my daughter, yes, but I have to have somebody also go through it for the factual part. Um those those aspects. So I, I'll need a couple of different uh editing steps along the way uh to go that route. But I'm I'm pretty sure that's I'm I'm not pretty sure. I know that's the way I'm gonna go. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Why don't you tell us what your latest book is about, who you work, who your desired clients are in case someone's listening to this and how they can get in touch with you. Well, anybody that wants to do business with the federal government, I'm happy to, to advise. And if I don't do what you need, the likelihood is I can introduce you to people who do what you need done. So my network is, is, pretty huge um they can find me through linkedin but again i'm on the marketing side of of the federal business so uh content uh social selling strategies linkedin in particular uh building that subject matter expert platform those those have been my my areas of focus the last couple of years and mark amtower on on linkedin is the easiest way to find me great thank you mark Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.